Word Podcast. That's right. Welcome back to Series 2, Episode 1 of On The Grid Podcast. It's been so long without an episode. We do apologise, but we've not really had much to cover. Um, hopefully, we'll be bringing the coverage better and in a bigger volume this time around with Season 2. The new season, the new 2022 campaign has just got underway. Bahrain is behind us. Saudi Arabia is ahead of us. But we're going to be talking about Bahrain firstly. I'm your host, Adrian Keita, and I'm once again joined by none other by my lovely co-host, Harvey Todd. I think what better place to, to start off with is kind of having a look at who the drivers are for this season and who we could be keeping an eye out on. First and foremost, Harvey, I think we've got to talk about a specific Haas driver, a Danish one that stepped into the team in replacing Nikita Mazepin and has done fantastically so far. Yeah, he, he was um, a driver towards the end of, well, throughout 2020, let's be honest, in his final season, his, during his first tenure at Haas. Um, there was a little bit, I don't know, a little bit shaky. He didn't really pull together too many good results, uh, which led to him being fired at the end of the season. We now know that um, Nikita Mazepin took his seat and obviously had a bigger budget than Magnussen. He's come back. And uh, what a way to um, kickstart your, your return to F1. It was fantastic to see, but we'll obviously talk more about the results a bit later on. Let's run through what the grid looks like for this season. So with Mercedes, the, the eight-time Constructors' Champions, it's obviously Lewis Hamilton and George Russell. At Red Bull uh, for this season, we've obviously got car number one with Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez. At the Ferrari, we've obviously got Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. We know what happened this weekend. We'll talk about it a bit more whilst we, del- whilst we delve more into the episode, but it's Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz at the helm of the Italian outfit. McLaren, not a good start, but they've got Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo at the helm. Alpha Tauri, they've got the, the formidable partnership of Pierre Gasly and Yuki Tsunoda. Alfa Romeo, they've gone with Valtteri Bottas and Guan Zhou making his appearance in the sport for the first time. Alpine have stuck with Esteban Ocon and Fernando Alonso. Haas, as we've said, have gone with Kevin Magnussen and Mick Schumacher. Williams um, have gone with Alex Albon and with Nicholas Nutella Latifi. Um, I don't think I've missed anyone. Oh, Aston Martin. That's that's the one team I've missed. Um, Aston Martin have got, I've obviously stuck with their duo, and they are Sebastian Vettel and Lance Stroll. Obviously, Nico Hulkenberg deputised for um, the COVID-struck Vettel um, at this weekend's Bahrain Grand Prix, but he'll be back um, sooner rather than later, you'd hope. But let's go back to qualifying. Let's look through the qualifying results before we delve into the race. Good, strong pace from the Red Bull Harvey, it has to be said. But also, Haas of Magnussen and Schumacher was a formidable formidable pair. And so were the two Ferraris of Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. Yeah, I'll start off with Haas. I think a lot of people at the back end of last season, with them not putting any attention into 2021, let's be honest. A lot of people were expecting an improvement off last year. And I think 
you know, to have Magnussen in the in the top ten, Mick Schumacher just outside. I think that's probably whereabouts they were they were expecting to be. Ferrari as well. Um, to be fair, pre-season I did say Carlos Sainz and Ferrari would win the, the their respective championships, and that's got off to a decent start, especially with Ferrari. So yeah, Sainz P3, Leclerc P1, uh, Verstappen in between. I think that sets up the season. Always assuming Red Bull um, get their car ready for races, and obviously just mentioned Red Bull. Both of their drivers in the top five. It has to be said that. A shock to the system was sent for McLaren, especially with with Daniel Ricciardo qualifying P18 on the grid. They started pre-season um, relatively well, uh, it has to be said, but it's it's kind of fallen to pieces, especially when Ricciardo picked up COVID. Harvey, do you think maybe COVID is playing a long-lasting effect on Ricciardo as he didn't get that running in Bahrain that he kind of expected to? Yeah, I think... For McLaren, it, this weekend will be more in Jeddah. It'll be a bit more of a, a gauge of whereabouts they are. Um, I feel Bahrain should be an anomaly, um, obviously, given that Ricardo didn't do the test. Um, and then there was quite a bit of practice time they missed out on uh, with various issues. So hopefully they can get that uh, rectified a little bit in, in Saudi Arabia and we can see them where they were last season because I think it was a bit of a shock to everyone to see McLaren not in the top 10 in any session, any of the sessions that matter. And of course, looking looking at the bottom five from Q1, it was Yuki Tsunoda, Nico Hulkenberg, Lance Stroll and Nicholas Latifi. Let's, let's touch a, a little bit on upon um, Aston Martin. 17th and 19th on the grid for the race. Do you think it's a surprise that they're, that they're starting off kind of near the bottom and maybe will be working the way up the grid, up the order uh, as the races go on? Um, Potentially. Um, But I saw, I can't remember where it was, but there was someone that pointed out the Ferrari customer teams are doing really well and the Mercedes teams that have done well in previous seasons, done all right in previous seasons or done well on at the, at the front end. They're sort of um, down the pecking order a little bit, as we've seen with Williams and with uh, Aston Martin. And I think Aston Martin last weekend, especially in quality, um, felt the uh, worst of it. Obviously, Hulkenberg come in very last minute and he had no time to prepare whatsoever. So I think P17 was really good for him. Lance Stroll was someone I was expecting potentially to at least make Q2, but he didn't. So, yeah, not look, not a good start for, for Stroll. And moving on to Q3, the bottom five in that session was Esteban Ocon. Mick Schumacher achieving his best qualifying position in P12. Lando Norris in P13. Alex Albon in, on his return in P14. And on his debut, Guan Yu Zhou in P15. I think we'll start off with Guan Yu Zhou, the first Chinese driver in Formula One. Um, it was a relatively good performance, I thought, from him, especially to, to qualify out of Q1. We saw... Um, with Mick and with Nikita last season as the rookies um, and, and Yuki Tsunoda, um, they took time to adapt to to the qualifying formats, especially that I think they're a bit different from from Formula Three and Formula Two. Uh, but Guan Zhou straight in there, out of Q1, no worries. The car looks very good, and he looks like he could be challenging for the top tens on regular occasions. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean. Uh, I think he came, well. He came into the season with 
quite a few critics, obviously, with the financial backing he bought. And I think most people would have said other drivers may have warranted that seat a little bit more. But based off this first weekend, he's uh, put the, the critics in their place. And if he can keep them, that up, then he could be on the grid next season. Obviously, we know he's signed a one-year deal, I want to say. Is that correct? Yeah, one-year deal. So and, and obviously, there's quite a few uh, hungry F2 drivers that will be uh, fighting for that seat. Um, so effectively, he is, he is fighting for not only a drive for Alfa Romeo next season, or if that doesn't come off, he's going to want to to go elsewhere. And I think based off this first weekend, I think he's doing a good job of that already. Moving on to the two best friends, Lando Norris and Alex Albon, P13 and P14. We touched upon a bit of a bit about McLaren expecting them to be in the top ten. It wasn't meant to be, but Alex Albon getting the getting the Williams out of Q one, like George Russell did on on a regular basis, um, throughout the twenty twenty one season. Harvey, do you think that Albon has the capabilities to to prove that he is worthy of maybe having another chance at? And maybe like an Alvatari seat, maybe Red Bull too high up. But do you think that if his qualifying performances for Williams are good enough and his race pace is is worthy of a of an of a higher seat? Do you think that, especially like Guan Yu Zhou, do you think that next season could see him remain in the sport in a sense? I'd like to see it because I think Alex Albon's quite a, a likable character. Fourteenth, um, I mean, if we compare it to his teammate Latifi at the back of the grid. I think he's done a, a tremendous job. Obviously, we don't know relative pace where teams are compared to one another just yet because it's been one round of new regs. But no, I thought I think he did a, a really good job in on, on Saturday in qualifying. Um, you know, he was not... He, there was a, a bit of a gap uh, between him and Lando Norris in 13th, and I think it would have been a, a, a tough one to bridge. But, but no, I think he... Like I say, I, I think he's done a good job and hope he'll hope he can take that forward like you said we've only had one race of a new regs and you can't gauge performance but one man where you can gauge performance is from Mick Schumacher obviously recording his best qualifying position as he finished 12th uh, ahead of the Bahrain Grand Prix I think it's I think the last 12 months for Mick especially have been very tough uh, being in a non-competitive car, unable to score points regularly near the back of the grid. I think this season is is a chance for Mick to shine for Haas and, and potentially score his first points of the season. Yeah, you, you mentioned point scoring there. I think it's only going to be a matter of time. And I think at a track like Jeddah, where it is going to be unpredictable, there's going to be a lot of action and there will obviously be a few crashes, which is not what we like to see. But if we base it off last year's race, it was quite chaotic, especially at the start in the restarts and stuff. But no, I think P12, we've seen what his teammate can do up in P7, as we'll touch on a little bit more later on. But the Haas looks um, a really good car. And as I pointed out earlier, the, the Ferrari customer teams are, are benefiting off these new regs by the looks of things. Because obviously in the last two years of, of the previous um regulation era they were they were struggling and, and Haas were possibly the the biggest victim of that yeah I don't think Haas necessarily put enough attention in the last two seasons and I think they've they've had to put all eggs in their in their basket for this season and they'll be hoping to reap their rewards as the as the rounds tick on. Esteban Ocon obviously rounded out the bottom five as he finished 11th 
But moving on to the top 10 finishes, Charles Leclerc, pole position, a good, a good 10th ahead of ahead of Max Verstappen. I think I think we touched upon uh Charles Leclerc first and foremost. Um Ferrari have turned it up this season. It, it, it's clear to see, and I think it's going to be a tasty battle between them and Red Bull. Big time, big time. I think, um, yeah, I think of, of the two drivers' pairings, I think it's going to be a very, very tasty battle um, because Red Bull were just a little bit behind. But, you know, it's it's 2v2 this year, unlike last year, where it was very much a case of 2v1 with uh, Red Bull and Mercedes, uh, respectively. I think it's going to be interesting to see a 2v2 battle because it's something we haven't seen in in recent years at all, I don't think. Um, but then you've got uh, Mercedes just behind who I, I think have got unproven business um, this at the moment. Do you think that, we'll, we'll touch upon Mercedes a little bit more, but do you think that Mercedes are sandbagging so hard that um, they were kind of shocked by the the respective race pace of the Ferrari and, and the Red Bull during the Bahrain Grand Prix? Obviously, it's it's so tough because, like I say, we've only had one race of these new regs. And I think, you know, as we've seen with the Red Bulls retiring, it, it sort of skews it a little bit in, in the vision. Mercedes finishing third and fourth. But if we look at qualifying, Hamilton fifth, Russell ninth. I think, obviously, Russell's had a, a difficult qualifying. Hamilton, he, I think he extracted as much as he could. Um but no, I think as the rounds go on, they'll find improvements. And I think, could it make it a, a six-horse race come the end of the season? Hopefully, for the entertainment value. But I think the, I think these early rounds will be costly and I think they're going to have to find the right solution as soon as possible. Damage limitation potentially for the Mercedes. But looking back to qualifying, it was obviously Leclerc on pole position with Verstappen P2, Carlos Sainz P3. Sergio Perez, P4. The two ex-teammates, P5 and P6, will touch upon Valtteri Bottas first and foremost because I don't think Bottas expected himself that he'd be, he'd be lying up alongside Hamilton on, on, the, on the grid for the Bahrain Grand Prix. And I think it just shows that the Ferrari engines, um, the Ferrari engine in the Alfa Romeo is very strong and can propel them towards the top five. 100%. I mean, as we touched on with Joe earlier, he's he's had a good qualifying. I think Bottas, has, has, again, has been really, really, really good. Um, he was a very good... He was a very strong qualifier in the Mercedes, and that form's carried over to this season. I'm not calling him a quality merchant whatsoever before people start kicking off. Um, but no, I think Valtteri... It's a very, very good platform to start off from. And I think if he can sort of help Joe um, a little bit in terms of the best strategies and stuff in, in quality and in the race, I think those two, I, I think Alfa Romeo could be towards the top of the midfield. Um, but obviously we've got Alpine as well in there, who I think also look really, really strong. Yeah, a lot of the teams look very, very strong. Um especially like we touched upon um, their Valtteri Bottas as he continues his Q3 streak. It's, it's, over, it's over 100 uh, consecutive Q3 appearances. Uh, I believe it's 102 to, 
to put a, to put an exact number on it, but it's an extraordinary extraordinary amount, nevertheless. Um, but rounding off um, Q3, Kevin Magnussen, uh, Fernando Alonso, George Russell, and Pierre Gasly, a man that once again um, made another Q3 appearance. I think Alpha Tauri really need Pierre Gasly this season, especially with with looking at Yuki Tsunoda's qualifying. Uh, I think Pierre Gasly performances need to be top notch for for Alpha Tauri. Uh, to potentially um, challenge for maybe fifth or fourth in the constructors' championship. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, Sonoda made a lot of mistakes in qualifying last year, um, whereas Gasly was sticking it in the top five, and I think it'll be a, a similar case this season. Um, although I don't see Pierre getting into the top five on a regular basis, um, I think he'll get into Q three the majority of the time um but i think he's just lacking that the, the teammate that can um that can really really back him up um sonoda did it on occasions last year and if we look at his bahrain pace from last year obviously it, it's completely different car he, i think he put it in q3 did he it was he was he was either he, he was close to q3 either way even if he didn't get in and to see him down in 16th it's 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 quite worrying, um, to, and obviously Pierre in the top ten. There's a, there's a big difference in the term in terms of pace. Moving to the race, it was obviously a very clean getaway for Charles Leclerc. He was followed by Max Verstappen. A little man that had a bit of a boo boo was was Sergio Perez. He was he was leapfrogged by Hamilton and Magnussen. Harvey. Looking, looking obviously from from a first race perspective, it wasn't the best of days for Red Bull. Two retirements, three if you're classing Pierre Gasly in a in a Red Bull car, um, Alpha Tauri being obviously their sister team. But it wasn't the best of days. The start was okay. The ending was dramatic, chaotic, whatever you want to say. But it just it just wasn't their day. Not at all. It was. Um... It was a tough one to take um, because it was going so, so well. Um, Verstappen in, in second, Perez in fourth. Um, I think it would have been a really, really good start to the, to the championship. And then to basically gift science second place um, through um, mechanical error, it could be a costly one in terms of constructors if Red Bull can string together. Um, some good race results, but it, it's been the story of, of Red Bull over recent years. You look at 2020, they got off to a dismal start um, with reliability. And I suppose the one year they didn't have any reliability in terms of Max, he won the title. Um, so yeah, it was, a, it was a difficult one to take on Sunday, but hopefully the issues are rectified for Jeddah this weekend and we can show a little bit of... Uh, prowess and you know maybe maybe get a maybe get a win but the ferraris do look very very strong one man that was probably the most delighted out of the paddock to see max verstappen um dnf was lewis hamilton as it kind of gifted him a podium um obviously sergio perez spinning off and 
and the seeing his engine cut out also helps. But sometimes you get very, very lucky. Um, and this was one of the occasions where he got very, very lucky. But he was there to he was there on hand to take the podium. And you've got to be there in those cases. Otherwise, you're not going to pick up points when it's damage limitations, especially for Mercedes. I think you've put it perfectly there. I think you always need a little bit of luck in motorsport, as we saw in the in the title decider, although it was a little bit of a farce. Max was there. He used his initiative coming for fresh softs and stuff, but obviously that was, what, four months ago, so we don't need to go over all that again because we've done a whole podcast on it. Um, but no, right place, right time for both Mercedes cars. I thought Russell um, had a, a brilliant start. And um, to come from, what, ninth to fourth, it, it, and it was his best race finish if we don't count Spa, if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't think we should class Spa because it, it essentially wasn't a race, and that's why one of the rules have changed um, for this season. So, But we'll touch upon George Russell a little bit more. Like you, like you said there, he started P9, finished P4. Um, people, I, I saw a lot of people on social media kind of, aim a bit of slander at George Russell. He waited, he's waited so long to jump in the Mercedes to, to qualify for Q3 and only qualified ninth. But to finish fourth and just outside the podium, I think is a good enough start for your Mercedes career. The, the worrying thing for, for other people on the grid is we always know him as a bit of a, as a man and, you know, he's recovered it to fourth in the race, albeit there was what, two retirements ahead of him, but even to to come, like we say, we, you've got to be in the right place at the right time. And if he sticks it higher up on the grid with with a, a first lap like that, you know, we could see him being a little bit of a regular on the podium. You never know. He, I think he was a little bit nervous on Saturday. Um, I think you're bound to be. I think a lot of the, the new drivers who move teams, you look at Albon and Joe in particular, they felt the nerves on, on Saturday um, just before quality because, it ultimately sets you up for the race and thankfully for George himself he um, recovered it well. Moving on to I think a team that was overly delighted with their display Ferrari, um, Charles Leclerc P1, Carlos Sainz P2, um, their first victory and their first, uh, first one-two finish since Singapore 2019 with Sebastian Vettel and Kimi Raikkonen obviously on the podium that day but the Ferrari is back. I'm delighted. I'm I'm over the moon with that performance from from the two um, Scuderia drivers. But I think Ferrari are back in business, and Matteo Bonotto has done fantastically well to to put it together to put together such a fantastic car because they're delivering from race one, and it could be a tough year for Red Bull if it continues like this. I'd always rather it be Ferrari than Mercedes, to be honest. Um, I think it was long overdue. Uh, Ferrari being back at the top as we've we've seen this weekend, they definitely look the stronger the stronger team, the stronger car, um, and it's always nice to see one of the the older uh, teams uh, come back and you know after a tricky few years they've come back and they've absolutely nailed the regs so far. Um, obviously, like we say, we don't know how that will pan out over the season, but tracks like Bahrain, we go to a few of them over the course of the year, and I think. Uh, the boys in red will have come away from, from Bahrain quite happy. Oh, they'd have been delighted. We we saw it in the in the post in the post-race celebrations, waving the Italian flag, 
dancing, singing the anthem so proudly. And I think that's what that's what typifies Ferrari. And that's been missed. That's been long overdue for them. Um, so it's fantastic to see them celebrating once more. Hopefully many more to come, um, of course, throughout the season. Moving on to P5 man, Kevin Magnussen. Wow. I mean, on his, on his return to Formula One, you put it inside the points, but not inside the points, not only inside the points, you put it in, into the top five, and you get Gunter Steiner on the radio. Absolutely delighted. I think it's, I think it's another long overdue celebration from a Haas team because they've had very, very dismal seasons over the last two campaigns. And I think it's finally their progress for the 2022 car. I think it's, I think it's paying off. Yeah, it is, but I'm not happy. Why are you not happy? Are you, are you happy because it's ruined a storyline for Drive to Survive? Yeah, and there's no more angry Gunter now. But but no, happy Gunter is the Gunter we like to see. And yeah, P5 for, for Kevin. It was it was one where we'd maybe think, okay, he's had a good quality, but is he going to sort of peter out during the race? And he didn't. He had a bad start, but he managed to recover it really, really well. Um, and I think possibly him or Guan Yu Zhou were going to were, were my driver of the day, to be honest. Um, I know Charles dictated the race really, really well, but in terms of drives like that, I thought they were all three worthy candidates. But I think Kevin Magnussen definitely a, a nine out of ten, ten out of ten drive. Tremendous to see him back in the sport and delivering for Haas that needed a result for such a long time, and they've scored more points than they've ever scored in the last two seasons in an hour and a half. So it's great to see. It's fantastic to see. Um, but double points for Alfa Romeo and for Alpine as Valtteri Bottas finished P6 with Esteban Ocon in P7, Yuki Tsunoda in P8, Fernando Alonso in P9 and Guan Yu Zhou in P10. I think we touch upon the, the double point finishes for those two teams, Alfa Romeo and Alpine. Um, Alpine, Alplan, it's going okay. It's not, it's not race winning, podium sitting, a car that will deliver that just yet. But I think points for them is good enough, and Alfa Romeo will also be delighted to to have a to have both of their drivers within the points. Yeah, as as I pointed out to you, um, I think it was Sunday night or something. Joe got off to an absolutely terrible start, and to come back, um. Through, through the through the order um we've seen the clips of the the chinese commentators going mental over it which is is brilliant to see um yeah i thought it was a, a tremendous drive um and on to alpine i think they went under the radar a little bit um because obviously alfa romeo and and has sort of took over the storyline in the midfield but but a solid drive from Esteban Ocon to get up to seventh and Alonso in ninth. It's a decent start for them. Not too shabby Alonso. Uh, obviously, shabby Alonso is a footballer and we're talking about Formula One. So let's continue with that. This isn't a formula. This isn't a football podcast. It is a motorsports podcast. So rounding off the, the finishes of the Bahrain Grand Prix was Mick Schumacher in 11th, Lance Stroll in 12th, Obviously, he recovered very well from a back row of a grid. Alex Albon made up a place to finish 13th, with Ricardo and Norris in 14th and 15th, 
Nicholas Latifi in 16th and Nico Hulkenberg, the final finisher in 17th. Obviously, three Red Bull cars, Red Bull engine cars, DNF'd, retired from a race with Perez Verstappen and Gasly, unable to finish the Bahrain Grand Prix in the season opener. But looking ahead of the next race in a couple of days' time, we're off to, we're sticking in the Middle East, we're off to Jeddah, to Saudi Arabia. Harvey, um, I know it's hard to, to talk about this, but, and, and ask for any predictions, but I'm going to ask for some a bit later on, as we usually do uh, for qualifying and the race. But what do you think you're expecting? Do you think we'll see more of the same Ferrari and Red Bull domination, Mercedes struggles, or do you think the Mercedes will be a bit more resurgent, maybe bring, a, bring more parts to the repertoire and kind of challenge the front to, uh, at the front of the grid? The race at uh, Jeddah was incredible last year action-packed the starts were were quite entertaining at the front end um got a little bit messy towards the back so hopefully we don't see any of that this year um but no i think it'll be um, an interesting race a very different circuit i think to to bahrain obviously bahrain's got quite a bit of runoff whereas Jeddah, it's sort of you make a mistake you're in the barrier as we saw in uh, qualifying last year um but no, I think it's going to be an interesting one. Unsure which way it's going to go, though. Well, whilst, whilst you were talking, I whacked up some quick quality and race predictions. So I think it's better. But I start off with first, with my predictions first. And we go, we go back to you um, for your predictions whilst you jot them down. Um, so for qualifying, I've gone with another Charles Leclerc pole position. I think Ferrari have got enough. Um, to stick it on pole position at Jeddah. It'll be tricky because the circuit is obviously very narrow. It's it's going to require a lot of skill, uh, especially with the new cars. But I think the Monogast driver will deliver a pole position for Ferrari. Max Verstappen, P2. Char- um, Carlos Sainz, P3. Lewis Hamilton, P4. And Sergio Perez, MP5. Harvey Todd, what are your predictions for qualifying ahead of a Saudi Arabian Grand Prix? That sounds climactic. Uh, on pole, Charles Leclerc. Second, Max Verstappen. Third, Carlos Sainz. Fourth, Lewis Hamilton. And fifth, Sergio Perez. Wow. Um, we've, we've definitely not scripted this, by the way. Uh, I, I promise you guys we've not scripted this. Harvey, are you sure those are your predictions? 100%. Okay, okay, okay. We'll continue with our race predictions. Um, this time for the race, I've gone a little bit different, I think. Um, but for the race, I've gone very different. Um, I see Max Verstappen getting the race winner at Jeddah. I think he'll just edge Charles Leclerc. And I think Lewis Hamilton will get another podium, finishing P3 with Sergio Perez and P4. And I think... Carlos Sainz will tail off a little bit towards the end and finish P5. But Harvey, lastly, what are your predictions ahead of the race? I think Max Verstappen is going to send it into Turn 1 um, and take the lead and comfortably win from there. In second, it's going to be Charles Leclerc. Third, Carlos Sainz. Fourth, Lewis Hamilton. And fifth, George Russell. Where have you got Perez in that case, then? Retiring with a mechanical problem. Ooh, 
So, so he's gone. He's he's got two DNFs to his name at the start of the season. Do you think that that could play a part in his in his overall campaign if 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 that does happen at Jeddah? I think it will because it's obviously not the best. It's it's an awful way to get off get your season off. I think it'll knock his confidence a little bit in terms of trusting the car. Um, but not only that, I think it will cost Red Bull big time in terms of the constructors. If you know Ferrari what looks to be quite the reliable car, same as Mercedes. Um, there has been instances in the past where teams have had one driver that's been relatively lucky in terms of reliability, and we've got another driver that has, you know, been is had terrible luck. We look at Red Bull in 2018, I think, if uh, I remember correctly, with Daniel Ricciardo. Well, that would definitely serve for an interesting race. But that's all we have time for on the first episode of On The Grid. We hope that you tune into our content, you engage with us. We're obviously going to be creating a new Instagram, which is live at On The Grid Podcast. Our Twitter is also live at On The Grid Pod. Our new TikTok will be also live soon alongside our new YouTube channel, we are bringing a lot of content for you guys this year. Um, so we're hoping for you, that you will enjoy the content. But Harvey, thank you for joining me on this podcast. Everyone listening, thank you for tuning into our content. We'll be back next week as we review the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Thank you for listening and goodbye.